I'd like to welcome you to another special episode. And uh, you can just about count every other week as a special episode for the next month or so, I believe, because that's how many interviews will be scheduled from now until mid-November, I do believe. And today we're going to be speaking with Sharon Goldman, who has a new album out called Kolisha, which in Hebrew means a woman's voice. And Sharon has lots of interesting things to say about her experiences in growing up and basically this album in particular. So let's get right into it with a song from the album. This is Sharon Goldman with Land of Milk and Honey. I'm Odie Martello and welcome to Mostly Folk. The land of milk and honey is bittersweet. The taste of blood and berries on my bitten tongue as I wander ancient streets. I am a stranger in a strange place where everything is so familiar. It's been so long since I've seen these faces that look like mine, but I don't belong in the land of milk and honey. Nothing is as it seems. War overlooks fields of wildflowers, Peace is buried in dreams. Every mother loves her sons and daughters on whichever side she stands. But hate runs deep like hidden water underneath the desert sand. Eretz Avat Chalav Dvash Eretz Avat Chalav Chalav Udvash The land of milk and honey is filled with promise and fear I ride the bus from the mountains to the sea and wonder why I'm here. There's a soldier sleeping next to me with a gun across his shoulder. The sun shines on his face as we pass olive trees and barbed wire. Eretz avat chalav, udvash. Eretz avat chalav, chalav udvash.
from her sixth studio album, Kol Isha. That was Sharon Goldman with Land of Milk and Honey. I began by asking Sharon about her background because as the program goes on, you'll learn that Sharon's background is certainly integral in the making of this album and the songs that are on it. So let's start off by asking Sharon about her background. Well, I grew up on Long Island in New York, um, and to the extent that it relates to this new album and just, you know, interesting to know a little bit about my background, I did grow up in an Orthodox Jewish family. I went to an a Orthodox Jewish school, and I attended a Orthodox Jewish synagogue, and that's kind of a lifestyle and a community that I was a part of until I was in college. Um, but then still after that, I was still, you know, very connected to uh, this community for some time after that. But about 15, 20 years ago, I, you know, kind of left that world completely behind and, you know, don't really have that much connection to it anymore other than my own immediate family. Um, but, you know, it's something that I really revisited in terms of my own roots um, in my new album. But in terms of other music that I've done... Uh, you know, I've never sort of addressed those issues in the past and really stuck to pretty typical, I think, singer-songwriter fare, you know, love and life and loss and all the little things in life. So, you know, it was a real departure for me to kind of turn mm -hmm. back to my roots uh, and explore some deeper issues. What was the trigger for that, for your doing this? So I'm, I'm not really sure. I think that it's just, you know, it was a lot of things I was thinking about. The last solo album I did was in 2014. And I do remember that right when I was done with that, you know, I was certainly happy with how it came out, but I really felt lost writing wise. I felt like I had nothing else to write about. I was really having a serious case of writer's block. I just couldn't think of where to go in terms of my own songwriting process. I would bring songs to uh, you know, my songwriting feedback group uh, for people to hear, and I just wasn't happy. And I just realized that I wanted to explore some other avenues. And one thing that I thought about is that, you know, a lot of the songwriters that I admire really dig into their own backgrounds and their own roots for inspiration. Um, you know, maybe there's someone who grew up in uh, the farms of Kansas, you know, and write about their background growing up in a rural area or something like that. And, you know, I don't have any of that to draw on. Um, and I certainly mm -hmm. never really thought that anyone would find my background particularly interesting um, <laughs> and issues that, that uh, you know, I was grappling with. But it actually turned out to be a really deep well to draw from. So it was kind of a good thing that I went there. It wasn't always yeah. easy, but it was it was a good thing creatively to go there. I saw a falcon fly. It flew as fast as time. I thought it carried my memories, all my years on its wings across a mountainside. I saw the harvest moon rise, autumn season in the night sky. The psalm says I 
our days are like a breath, a fleeting shadow across our eyes. And I could have sworn I saw you in the sea of stars, dancing in the light. I heard the sycamore. Whisper as its leaves fell as slowly as a Sabbath day. Their work is done; they can finally rest in peace. I heard a chickadee calling out to me, like a cottage echoed across the cold. Drops of rain scattered down my face, as if all my tears were washed away, just as summer has gone without a trace. And I could have sworn I felt your hand in mine. We were together. I think there's a lot of in any religion. There's a lot of different extremes, different right. gradations of right. of various communities. So I just want to emphasize that the community I grew up in wasn't like that. I I didn't mm-hmm. grow up in a Hasidic family or black hat or anything like that you might imagine. The community was called modern Orthodox. You know, my you know family looked like any other family, and we were definitely strictly kosher. But we were able to travel and eat food at restaurants like anyone else. We would just eat vegetarian when we went out to eat.、Um, we were definitely strictly observant、uh, in terms of like the Sabbath and stuff like that. But you know, I re- went to regular camps. I had secular friends. You know, so this wasn't really a cloistered environment. But there were definitely you know aspects of you know really traditional experience that I had that I you know. Definitely drew on for this project, so it's kind of like you know hard to like pinpoint what people imagine,、uh, but、mm-hmm. you know for me it was definitely a traditional Jewish community that I sort of ran away from as an adult, but it wasn't the kind of extreme、uh, you know Hasidic community that that someone might imagine. Why did you run away from it? In, in your album, you do you do give. Uh, some reference to that, but why did why did you run away from it?、Um, well, you know, I definitely felt like、uh, you know it was a very 
religious, traditional, sort of regimented, you know, lifestyle mm -hmm. that I wasn't comfortable with and that I didn't really believe in. And mm -hmm. in, you know, Orthodox Jewish communities, one thing that you'll find across the spectrum is a lot of gender stratification. So in the synagogue, men and women sit separately, for example, on different right. sides. There's kind of a barrier in between. And then, you know, taken to different extremes, there's the concept of ko-isha, which I draw from for the title of the album. And that means in Hebrew, a woman's voice. But in uh, Orthodox Judaism, that's actually a concept where the idea is that women are not supposed to sing publicly in front of men. And that's something that I did experience to some level. Um, girls were not supposed to have bat mitzvahs, for example, in the community that I grew up in. W girls were not supposed to sing solos in the school choir, for example. So these were things that I experienced, mm -hmm. not to the extreme that, you know, some might in even more, uh, even more traditional communities. But I definitely experienced it, and it was something that I you know, struggled with as an adult. It wasn't really something that I wanted to continue being a part of. I didn't want to continue keeping kosher or being as strict as my family had been. You know, I really wanted to expand my horizons. And ultimately that led to sort of my creativity and becoming a singer-songwriter. That wasn't something that I had a lot of models to draw upon when I was growing up. But once I kind of entered that uh a com musical community through open mics in New York, doing smaller gigs, uh, meeting people in different musical communities. That really drew me in that direction. And that was kind of the religion I was looking for, I guess, because, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, I've really stuck with that ever since then. Strong. 
strands of grace she'll realize it was someone else's dream the sound of blessings echo with the ache of something missing Some of the people that you admire musically, who who would they be? Um, in terms of you know well-known famous musicians, uh, I definitely would say that Paul Simon has been a big influence on me musically. Um, sort of his sophisticated lyrics and you know kind of looking deeply at at different issues in unique ways. Um, kind of his you know acoustic presentation and interesting rhythms you know I've just always been super inspired by Paul Simon so that's definitely someone that I would say um when I was uh you know first getting into music this was in the you know mid 80s and in the 90s I'll definitely say that a lot of kind of the uh Lilith Fair uh women singer songwriters really inspired me because again you know that really wasn't something that I you know, experienced a lot of or or felt like I had a a model to draw upon growing up so much. And when I discovered artists like Suzanne Vega and Sean Colvin and Indigo Girls and folks like that, that was something that really inspired me that, wow, I could pick up a guitar and I could, you know, write my own songs. I could sing uh, in front of other people and, and perform my songs. That was very inspiring to me. And when did you start? playing guitar? Um, I started playing guitar, uh, you know, a little bit, just picking it up here and there, probably in college and a little bit after college, but it was very closeted. You know, I would kind of just be alone in my room and hiding. I really wasn't much Mm -hmm. of a performer. I was kind of shy and there really wasn't, I don't know, there just wasn't an avenue for me to do anything with it. I mean, in college, I took a guitar class and a voice class, but just not really any way to to take that and do anything with it in an organized way. So what really set me on my path was discovering the open mic scene in New York City, and this was in the late 90s, probably around 1999. Um, I 
you know, saw an ad for an open mic on the Upper West Side, and I didn't even play guitar really at that point, just a little bit, Mm -hmm. as I say, you know, closeted in my room. But I did play the piano, and I had written a couple of songs on the piano, and I went over there, and I sat down at the piano, and I played my songs and sang into the microphone, and it was terrifying. I had never performed on my own like that in front of an audience. And it it just was so exciting. And ever since then, you know, right after that, probably for the next two years, I was off and running, going to open mics four times a week. Maybe I'd be going to different open mics around the city at clubs that no longer exist anymore and meeting people Mm -hmm. who continue to this day to be friends of mine um, and, you know, our singer songwriters and who, you know, we all continue on the same path, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Who were some of those people? So some of the earliest folks that I met, you know, on the scene are people like Meg Braun and Carol Ann Solabello and uh, uh, even folks like uh, Ty Greenstein, who was in Curly Man and uh, Pat Wichter, uh, mm-hmm. someone that I met pretty early on. I started going to his songwriting group in Manhattan, probably about 2003. Um and I started going to a, a really amazing songwriting retreat called Summer Songs in 2003. And that also led to meeting, you know, a whole huge community of folks like Sloan Wainwright and David Roth and so many other people. And I also started occasionally going to Jack Hardy's uh, Songwriters Exchange oh. in the village. Um, Did you meet also David in Mason? those early 2000s. Sure, I met David Mazengill and, and Paul Sachs oh. and... Tim Robinson and all the folks that were going down there. I didn't go that many times, you know, before Jack passed away, but definitely in the early 2000s, you know, I Mm. went there a few times and experienced that. And all of those different communities kind of kept me going and kept me excited about this, you know, musical journey I've been on. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valley. As a lily grows among the thorns, love in this world has found me. As an apple tree among the trees that grow deep in the forest, my lover's form is commonly with life and limb most joyous. Rise up, my love, and come away. The rain is over and gone. Your love is the fruit of my darkest day. And I am your rose of Sharon. His gentle hand lies under his shoulders turn to face me I shall not stir him from my bed while he doth so embrace me oh bring me wine to pass the time though none but him can soothe me I am my beloved's and he is mine desire for his pleasure moves me. 
with the one cover that Sharon does on the album, Eliza Gilkison's Rose of Sharon. That was, of course, Sharon, <laughs> Sharon Goldman. And I do want to remind you that the entire playlist for this program will be available at mostlyfolk.org. And just check out the episode with Sharon Goldman. And there will be lots of pictures of Sharon. More than likely, it will be episode 222, or within one number of that episode. So let's continue on with a discussion about this album. It really started out very organically for me. It's not as though I had this preconceived notion of developing an album around this material. It was more that, as I say, I was feeling a lot of writer's block and struggling thinking of things to write about. So I wrote a couple of songs that kind of were on these newer topics that I had never delved into before. For one, I started with a song like um, on the album, there's a song Pillar of Salt. And that's based on a famous biblical story about Lot's wife, who is kind of a nameless woman in the Bible Mm -hmm. who um, gets turned into a pillar of salt when she kind of disobeys in order to not look back at the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed. And that image of this kind of nameless woman, you know, having to follow and then being punished for something so difficult really spoke to me when I was growing up, you know, in terms of a a woman's voice in a biblical story. So I kind of took that as an inspiration and wrote a song around it. And I got some really good feedback on that song. So that was really interesting. A hot desert wind drives along the sand. She holds her veil across her face with a shaking hand. The smell of sage and cinnamon mixed with fear and ash. The sunrise is over the burning city. And her daughter says, don't look back, don't look back. She is a nameless wife and mother, no one hears her voice. She longs to stay, but she must follow. She doesn't have a choice. All she knows was swept away. Now bitter tears roll down their path. The sun blisters her skin as she falls behind. And she hears a voice saying, don't look back. Don't look back. Don't 
On a totally different tip, I wrote another song that was kind of based on some real conflicted, struggling feelings that I've had for decades over uh, my relationship with, with Israel, a place that I traveled many, many times when I was growing up, where I lived for a couple of years, where I spent a great deal of time with my family. Um, but I really struggle, you know, with the situation there politically and culturally and socially. You know, it's a place that I love, but it's also a place that I have a lot of issues with. So I wrote a song called Jerusalem that's mm -hmm. on this album. And, you know, I even used the Hebrew word for Jerusalem yeah. in that song, which is Yushalayim. And I got such a strong feedback from that song when I brought it uh, to people to listen to that it really gave me a lot of confidence. You know, maybe I'm onto something here. You drew me in with winding streets Fragrant gardens terraced in the hills Persimmon fig and olive trees Seven gates where I stood still You tempted me with copper sunrise Ancient ruins of those who yearned Your beauty was the perfect disguise So I wouldn't see the blood stain at every turn I kept coming back to you this city made of stone your golden mountains and a thousand generations bones you hid your secrets so you'd always be unknown Told to always 
led me to just think about a lot of other things uh, that I had been struggling with and issues that I was facing regarding my background, you know, whether that was the concept of Kol Isha, the idea of, you know, growing up and feeling like, you know, kind of repressed, like I wasn't supposed to be singing in front of men, you know, in the synagogue or in my school, you know, again, this wasn't so much my immediate family, but within the community. So I wrote a song about that. Deborah sang in victory 
Sabbath Queen is another kind of feminist anthem where I kind of take a look at a traditional mythical character that appears in um, a lot of uh, Hebrew prayers, the image of a queen that kind of ushers in the Sabbath, you know, and she's kind of a divine feminine figure and she is perfect and beautiful. But I also really thought about, you know, traditional Jewish women who are, you know, cooking and making dinner and working so hard for the home and they're exhausted. They're not so perfect. So I wrote a song, you know, kind of combining a traditional prayer about the Sabbath queen and, you know, bringing in kind of, you know, the reality of a woman's life, you know, from that perspective. The Sabbath queen brushes her flowing hair Washes her face clean Everyone is waiting for her She dresses in pure white To usher in the Sabbath night As the perfect bride Her pearls shimmer in the candlelight In the mirror's reflection circles round her eyes she powders them to perfection the queen's disguise she won't get done to bake the bread and prepare the evening meal sewed her gown with silken thread she looks as tired as she Kala, 
You know, I, I wrote a song where I just was, you know, thinking about just issues related to, you know, anybody who comes from any culture or heritage. There's a lot of weight to that a lot of times, you know, no matter what religion you are or how you were brought up, what background you're from. Uh, you know, it's really something that even if you try and run away from your childhood or however you were brought up, a lot of times you can't run away from it because it's really a part of who you are. So, you know, that's something that I've really come back to over the past few years, the idea of your background and the way you were brought up kind of being a part of you and in your bones. So I wrote a whole mm -hmm. song called In Your Bones about that mm -hmm. idea. So I was really investigating a lot of these different issues related to religion, to spirituality, to culture, to family, and kind of putting hopefully what is a unique spin on, on some of those issues and also isn't just related to being Jewish, but, you know, kind of universal, you know, no matter where you're from, you might struggle with some of these same things. Whispers of prayer Rhythms I understand Shadows of souls swaying Singing melodies old as the desert sand I know them like the back of my hand Faces that wandered through centuries 
in my bones but you know someone right. listening you know might understand that I'm meaning you know in your bones as well but the song is called in my bones sorry about right. that uh yeah i mean the whole album uh, is you know just a compendium of your feelings and your thoughts about uh so many things related to your upbringing that's why i asked you right yeah i feel like it's a yeah, I feel like, um, you know, I really, I really was, you know, I feel like in the end, when I look at it as a group of songs, there's a lot of threads that tie the songs together. One of those threads is clearly women's voices. You know, there's a real feminist mm-hmm. angle to it. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. women's voices, whether it's my own voice or biblical women or mythical women, you know, you're hearing uh, women's voices throughout the album. But then there's also, you know, just the idea, the kind of larger universal ideas about identity, about family, about, you know, what it's like to be a part of any tribe um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, go beyond the boundaries of that tribe. So, you know, I'm definitely hoping and I've heard from people who really respond to the songs from the feminist aspect, they respond to it from the Jewish aspect, but then I really also get a lot of strong feedback about the songs just universally, you know, no matter what background someone is from, they can really relate to a lot of the songs from, you know, just however someone was brought up, you know, there's hopefully something to connect to there. To the exiled To the chosen And the tested To the ancient And the destined To the wretched And the blessed I was raised with kings And prophets by scribes the rules and codes of the covenant a member of the tribe the tribe they drew the lines and set the limits Not cross for the survival. 
have any feelings of resentment about some of this stuff, or are you just blasé about it? No, I mean, it was a real struggle for me. You know, there were many times when I was, you know, working on this project and writing these songs that it was a real emotional struggle. So it was a, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't just an artistic journey for me. Um, It was an emotional and journey and struggle, you know, to delve into these feelings and issues and write these songs. So for sure, there's, you know, definite have been feelings of resentment, of anger, of struggle, of, you know, you know, kind of combined nostalgia and resentment, you know, there's a lot of complex feelings behind it. And I think hopefully yeah. that's what resonates with people. It has also opened up, you know, that all of those complex feelings have really opened up conversations. So it kind of led to conversations between myself and my parents, for example. It led to conversations between myself and my siblings, myself and childhood friends. Not to say that all of those issues were completely resolved because, you know, mm-hmm. no, but it definitely led to a lot of healing for me. I felt like it definitely added a sense of healing and closure for me in a lot of ways and kind of opened me up to, you know, even more ideas for songs, you know, in the future, you know, kind of hopefully can keep the creativity blooming, I guess. I'm speaking with Sharon Goldman, and Sharon has a website. The name of the website is SharonGoldmanMusic.com, and you can check out the website. There's lots of links there uh, about Sharon and about this new album. And one of the nice things that I do like about your website is the fact that you have lyrics to all of your uh, music on it. And the reason that I ask you about uh, resentment, you know, and it does enter into a lot of these songs, but in the song Jerusalem that you just spoke of, you say, let my right hand wither if I forget you. And I thought that, you know, it kind of struck me when I heard and saw those lyrics that while you talk about some of the feelings that had been evoked over the years at the same time you're saying that your connection there would you, you never want to lose connection with that well that um that uh quote from the song that you mentioned is actually a famous rabbinical saying um i'm forgetting ah. the rabbi that said it but it's actually a, a a famous saying um let my right hand wither if i forget thee o jerusalem So that's kind of a direct quote from that saying. Um, And that really was a reference to how I was brought up. I was, Jews are brought up to revere Jerusalem, to love Israel. So for example, Mm -hmm. when I was growing up and, you know, in any traditional Jewish uh, synagogue service that you would go to, um, people face towards Jerusalem when they pray. Um, you know, that was a big part of my upbringing. So the idea that, that you would reject, you know, this place that you were raised to love is, is really a, a difficult concept. But on the other hand, you know, here I am saying that it's a place that I've struggled with almost like a lover that you've mm-hmm. had a relationship with, but you're always going to have issues with them. So yes, you know, I would say that that song is a real kind of, uh, 
a, a good example of sort of those complex feelings of love and resentment, of hurt, of struggle, of nostalgia, kind of all wrapped into one, you know, with, and that line is a perfect example, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I, you know, I'll never forget you, I'll never forget you, you might say to, to your lover, but, you know, we're not going to be together in the same way anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anything else on that album that you want to mention? Some of the other songs that you have. You've talked about The Tribe, In My Bones, uh, The Sabbath Queen, Kolisha, Jerusalem, Pillar of Salt. Well, there's, um, you know, there's just a lot of different um, characters that I took for inspiration. So, you know, from the feminist side of things, you know, another song that really uh, was based on a character that inspired me is the mythical character of Lilith, who in the um, in ancient cultures was known as uh, the first wife of Adam. So before Eve, there was supposedly Lilith, and Lilith was supposedly booted out of the Garden of Eden because she would not obey Adam. And uh, I was very interested in that story. So I went ahead and I did some more research about Lilith online and I discovered um, in different commentaries and different literature that mythologically she supposedly turned into a demon after she was kicked out of the Garden of Eden and she was in the form of a night owl who would come to your house and seduce your husband and steal your children. So in ancient Jewish culture and in other ancient cultures as well, people would actually wear amulets around their neck to protect them from the evil Lilith. So I thought that was really interesting. And I wrote a mm-hmm. whole song about Lilith, um, mm-hmm. which was really fun and usually gets a really interesting response. Lilith is 
may tell that only jackals will dwell in this wilderness of bones. But I stood my ground, I remained free and unbound. I sleep soundly alone. I rise when the sun goes down. I rest in the shadows of barren ground. The raven and I have no spirit of shame. Lilith is my name. And then, um, you know, another uh, biblical reference that I was very inspired by um, first led me to the only cover song I have on the album, which mm-hmm. is a cover of Eliza Gilkison's song, Rose of Sharon. And what I found really interesting about that song is that all the lyrics are taken from the famous biblical love poem called The Song of Songs. And it's such a beautiful song and the language is so beautiful. And it's really all from the voice of a woman, which you don't hear that much of in the Old Testament. Uh, It's all from her point of view, talking about her lover and how great she thinks he is. So when I decided to cover that song, I decided to do what Eliza had done and write my own song uh, using lyrics from the Song of Songs. So for my tune, which is called Song of Songs on the album, Uh, I actually really jumped off of one phrase from the Song of Songs that really spoke to me, which is, let me hear your voice. In that case, it's the male character in the poem talking to the female lover, saying, let me hear your voice, let me see your face, you are beautiful. And I just thought that was a really lovely, you know, way to show, you know, here's the man speaking about, you know, his female lover, that he wants to hear her, that he doesn't want her to hide away. He wants to see her and hear her. And so I kind of jumped off of that for the Song of Songs. Let me hear your voice. Let me see your face. You are beautiful. Let me hear your voice. hear your voice lovely and sweet clear as water let me hear your voice he said don't hide my dove in the cracks and the corners of the mountain
my beloved I don't belong he said come sing to me the song of songs let me hear your voice let me see your face you are beautiful lovely and sweet clear as water hush me in it's cold let me hear your This is Sharon Goldman, and you are listening to Artie Martello's Mostly Folk, podcasting all over the world and available on iTunes, Mixcloud, TuneIn Radio, radiosatellite.co, and always at mostlyfolk.org. And then I guess uh, one other interesting story is the last song on the album, which is called Three Stars. Uh, that comes from the traditional way of knowing that the Jewish Sabbath has ended. You can tell it's over on Saturday night because you see three stars in the sky. Uh, that's at least traditionally how you would uh, know that the Sabbath is over. Now we have clocks and calendars. So you don't really need to do that. But when I was growing up, uh, I would often point the three stars out uh, because I wasn't permitted to, you know, do things like watch television or listen to the radio on the Sabbath. You know, we were traditionally observant and you wouldn't be doing those types of things. So when I saw the three stars, you know, I'd say, now I can turn on the TV. So, you know, <laughs> it was, <laughs> so the, so the song three stars is really, you know, coming from a, a little girl place, you know, me uh -huh. as a little girl looking at the three stars, looking for my future, searching for, you know, what I was really meant to do and really thinking about, you know, does God really exist? You know, where is he hiding behind the moon? Uh, so, you know, it's kind of a, a childlike song. Searching for three stars, the sign of the end of the Sabbath day She wonders if God is really everywhere Does he hear her when she prays When Sabbath ends they blow out the flame Every week is just the Searching for three stars Three stars She sits on the front steps Looking for her future in the sky Sometimes she thinks God hides behind the moon if only she could fly When Sabbath ends Daddy drinks the wine But nothing moves as 
talk about your website and do you have a Facebook page that people might want to go to? Yeah, absolutely. If you search uh, Sharon Goldman in Facebook, you'll come upon me and definitely like my page or Mm -hmm. add me as a friend. And I'm on Twitter as well and Instagram and all those good things. So not hard to find me. And your Twitter is at Sharon Goldman? Yes. You did send it to me. I know that. So, um, okay. What do you think about social media these days? I mean, it really has pros and cons. I'm someone who's very deep into it, so it's something I use every single day, and you know, for a lot of the day and a lot of times. But um, you know, I think it's something that you have to make work for you and balance for you. A lot of times, it's easy to get buried in it, but there are also times that we really appreciate being able to keep in touch with fans, with friends, and to keep up to date on news. So I think every person has to just make it work for them, and you can't make yourself crazy with it. That's what I always say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you hear in the quiet when you're alone? And there are only the wordless ways of the unknown What do you hear in the four in the morning of your soul When all your fears and faint of heart begin to unfold I hear voices 
questions I hear choices and I hear silent lessons What do you see in the stillness when you feel blind and you need all six senses to know what to find What do you see in the darkness when there's nowhere to hide from the lingering loneliness that lies by your side I see colors I see impressions I see wonders and I see
couple of songs from Sharon's previous album, Silent Lessons. That was A Pocketful of Sun, and before that we heard the title track, Silent Lessons. Being that I've played all of the tracks on the new album, Kolisha, I thought I'd play a couple of tracks to fill out the time from this album, Silent Lessons. And I'm going to play one more, and uh, appropriately enough, it's Let You Go. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to let Sharon go, and uh, we'll let her go with this tune. You drew a line Between have and hold Typically kind, but almost always cold. I let you in, but you let me know that someday you would let me down and I would have to let you go. Oh 
Hey, Sharon, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and wish you lots thank of you, success. Thank you, Artie. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. And uh, lots of success with the album. Once again, it's SharonGoldmanMusic.com. And that's the place to go to find out all about Sharon and check out her albums and purchase them. And she has lyrics. <laughs> I always appreciate lyrics, whether they're in the album or on the website, because I'm mostly deaf. And mostly folk is mostly deaf. And if I don't see those lyrics, uh, I can't understand everything. So that's much appreciated. Yeah. Sharon, thanks so much for talking, and hope we meet up real soon. Thank you, Artie. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Happy trails to you. Once again, I want to thank Sharon Goldman for being with me today. And I want to thank you for listening. And I do hope you enjoyed Sharon's music and her interesting conversation. Well, the music of Roy and Dale are telling me that it is time to say farewell. So, happy trails to you. This is Artie Martello wishing you a terrific day and hope to see you right back here next time on Mostly Folk. Till we meet Friends.